On today's episode, I'm going to tell you a personal story that happened in my life of when I felt like I was in limbo and had a hard time moving forward. And I'm also going to give you four tips that I learned then and since then about how to get through these times when you feel like God isn't answering your prayers. And then, because I can't let you go on super serious note, I'm going to share with you a really funny noise-making experience our family had just the other night, and I know it will make you laugh. Stay tuned. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. Welcome to another episode of Tamara's Takeaways in the Stories of Hope in Hard Times podcast. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson, and I am so tickled to be here with you today. So last week, I interviewed a man named Rob Mooney, and he was in and out of foster care, just had a really, really tough time growing up, had some amazing aha moments. But the thing I want to pull away from that, that I think is especially applicable today, is the prayer that he offered. Um, When he was a teenager, and again, still in the foster care system, there was a day when he shared the story of of a couple of his friends just kind of bagging on their families and, you know, their parents and like teenagers do, you know. (laughs) And at the end of this, he kind of pulled his friend aside and said, you know, you guys complain about your moms, your dads and stuff. And he goes, I just wish I had some. And this teenage friend of Rob's looked at him. He said, Rob, you can have a family. He said, just pray and ask God for one. And it was a sincere statement of a faith-filled teenager, but it made a difference to Rob. He began praying that very moment for for a family. Anyway, to make a long story short, an opportunity came up that Rob thought was the perfect opportunity. He'd been waiting in limbo forever, looked like this family was going to adopt him, and then it didn't work out. And he was very, very discouraged, and I know it reflected in his prayers. And and finally, as he was beginning his senior year, he, he met another family that wasn't exactly like him, but they had qualities that he was lacking. And these people ended up becoming who his children call grandma and grandpa, even though he wasn't officially adopted. So today I want to talk about that that state of limbo that we sometimes find ourselves in when we feel we've been praying for something. And sometimes when you're in that limbo, you feel like the heavens are closed. (laughs) You're like, dear God, where are you when I need you the most? And and so what do you do in those times? What do you do when you feel, you know God's listening, but it doesn't feel like he's there? What do you do when you're in limbo? What do you do when you don't feel you're getting answers to your prayers or maybe not as clear of answers as you'd like to get? If you have been or are waiting in limbo, 
know this. You are not alone. Noah waited not only 40 days and nights, but also had to wait for the water to recede before he could leave the confinement of the ark. The children of Israel waited and wandered for 40 years in the wilderness before they were allowed to enter the promised land. Jacob waited and worked seven long years to marry Rachel. So there's a lot of waiting and hanging out in limbo in the scripture stories. But let me start off by telling you a personal story of muddling through limbo. After I graduated from high school, I went to Brigham Young University for a year. And like every student, I was doing GEs and I was just trying to figure out who I wanted to be when I grew up. I met a lot of great people, but I really, really had this intense desire to try to figure out my life. I wanted to figure out my major. I wanted to kind of get everything down. I was I was a super planner back then. Like I planned things to the minute details. And so having a plan was really, really important for me. I took aptitude tests. I tried to just figure this out as quickly as possible. I knew I wanted to do something in the medical field, but I get queasy at the sight of blood. So that really limits it pretty significantly. <laughs> if, if you know what I mean, most medical people deal with blood and stuff like that. So I ended up looking at therapies and the one of the therapies available at BYU at the time was therapeutic recreation. And I, I finally came to the decision early in my sophomore year that this is what I was going to do. And I went in and I talked to the people in that field and I felt really good about it. I prayed about it. I felt good about that. And so I grabbed all the information that I could, what I needed to graduate. And I started laying out my life. I kid you not, by year, with every class that I would take, through to graduation. I even put um, some space in there for me to serve a mission for my church, which I wanted to do. I put like a spot in there where, okay, I can meet my husband at this point and we'll get married here at this point. I mean, guys, <laughs> I hope by this time you're laughing because in my, um, innocence and youth, I, I guess I didn't realize that not all plans um, turn out the way you plan them. <laughs> I can really laugh about it now because I find it quite humorous to look back on. And so uh, what I think some of my older friends expressed this uh, concern that here I'd planned my life and I was so proud of it. I'd show it to them. Hey, look, I've got this all figured out. And I'm sure inside they were laughing, thinking, good job, Tamara, but life doesn't turn out how you plan. <laughs> and, and so I think a couple of them encouraged me, well, you should pray and talk to God about that plan. I'm like, I am, I'm going to talk to him about it. And so I just kind of approached God in prayer. And I said, um, God, I've I've laid out this plan for my life and I want to think I want to know what you think about it because I've tried to follow, you know, the impressions you've given me about choosing a major and 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 I have some really good desires in there like I want to take some time and 
and serve a mission. And it's, it's funny, I didn't get an answer right away. But about a week or two later, I went on a walk with a friend who, who needed to talk that particular night. And, and we were standing overlooking the campus. And all of a sudden, I got this super strong impression. And it was very brief. And this is the impression that I got. It was, it was words in my mind and in my heart. Tamara, you're going to miss BYU. That's it. That's all I got. You're going to miss BYU. And I remember standing there looking at BYU campus and thinking, wait a second. This is not in my plan. <laughs> Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And all of a sudden, these perfectly laid plans for Tamara's next five years of her life were completely shattered. I had no idea. I was like, oh my heck, that was not the answer I was looking for, God. But what do I do with this? What do I do? So as you can well imagine, the next few weeks were quite uh, chaotic in my mind and my heart. No solid answers seemed to be forthcoming. I felt like I had this directive that I was going to miss BYU, but then what do I do with it? And it was frightening, but I remember I finally figured out, well, if I'm going to miss BYU, it means I'm going to leave. Where can I go? I can't think of anywhere else to go but to go home. And for a kid who'd been away at college and had just spent a summer at home where, you know, I, I was the first kid out of the house and, you know, establishing those independence boundaries that I was not going to come home at 10 o'clock for a 10 o'clock curfew in the evening because I was a college student now, you know, stuff like that. So I just couldn't imagine going back, but I didn't know what else to do. And so I, I finished out the semester, but I, I had to withdraw from the classes that I was scheduled to take that next semester that were for my major. And I knew I felt good about the major, but I was just like, what do I do? And so I went back home at Christmas time and I did not return to BYU. I signed up for uh, taking, continuing to take classes for my major at the local community college, Mesa Community College in Mesa, Arizona. And it was like going back to high school <laughs> after being up at BYU. But it, it was a complete leaf of faith, and I didn't feel I was getting a lot of answers. So that's kind of a long story, and I'm going to weave a little bit more of that story in as I teach you these four principles. Now, the first principle that... I learned through this and other experiences was it is important to keep communicating with God. So the first thing is keep communicating, keep praying. Even if you feel like the answers you want aren't coming, usually God answers one of three ways. Yes, no, or let's see what you do with this. <laughs> Maybe you have to wait for an answer. So keep communicating with God ask him, what can I be doing now? And then really, really listen. If you have any thoughts or ideas and impressions, or maybe you get an impression like me, like 
you're going to miss doing this or that. Okay, what does that mean? It means I need to stop pursuing this path that I'm on and do something else. What, what else would I do? And so by process of elimination, you end up on a path where you did not think you were supposed to be, but here you are. I had to trust that God knew what he was doing. And so I kept that communication open with him. I'd read enough of the scriptures by that point in my life that I, I knew the best example of prayer was when Christ said, thy will be done. And I knew I wanted to follow his example, even though it was really, really hard. And so my prayers sounded a lot like, I I want to pursue this major. I want to stay here at BYU. I worked really hard to get here, to get in, but thy will be done. And if it means I need to withdraw for some time, then I need to do that. And that was really, really hard for me. It was hard to point, go from pointing one direction to completely feeling like I was doing a 180, like I was going back in time. And sometimes being in limbo feels like that. You're like, why am I doing this, God? I don't get it. And we don't. But he does. That's the great thing. <laughs> Thank goodness he knew what he was doing. Oh, my goodness. There's a quote by Richard G. Scott, and he said, When we seek inspiration to help decisions, the Lord gives us gentle promptings. These require us to think, exercise faith, to work, to struggle at times, and to act. Seldom does the whole answer to a decisively important matter or complex problem come all at once. More often, it comes a piece at a time without the end in sight. Oh, have you ever felt that way where you want to know where you're going, but all you get is a tiny piece of information. Oh, if you're anything like me and you love planning things out, that's really frustrating. You only get a piece, but you want to know the whole plan, but God doesn't work like that. Darn it. (laughs) And so you got to listen to that one piece that one piece that you got from God and then act on it, and then maybe you'll get some more. There's a scripture in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 17, which says, And I will wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look for him. And sometimes we feel like God is hiding, but we have to keep that communication line open. We have to keep trying to get even one piece of the puzzle next. What else can I do? Thy will be done. But what? tell me, give me some inkling of what I can be doing now to move forward. And that me, brings me to point number two, which is keep moving. So point number one is keep communicating. Point number two is keep moving. In my story, when I felt I needed to leave BYU, I had to keep moving with that. I decided I was going to go for it. I was going to trust God. And so I did. I withdrew from my classes. I started calling the community college down by my parents' house and finding out what classes I could take there that would still apply towards my major. Stuff like human and at and phys, which were beastly classes to take no matter where you go. 
but I needed to take those classes. I needed to take some advanced biology classes and psychology classes, and and I did. And I was able to take those and several more of my GEs while I was at uh, Mesa Community College. And so I kept moving with the minimal information that I had. And these were not like strides. I was not running at this point in my life. We have times in life when we're running and we have times when we are just puttering along walking. I I had the opportunity to hike part of the Narrows at Zion National Park with my daughter and two nieces a couple of weeks ago. And that is where you're hiking up the river with these giant cliffs on the side of you that have been carved by the river. And it's just beautiful, beautiful red rock. But as you cross the river, the stones beneath you are um, a little slippery. <laughs> and so we had these big sticks to try to kind of help us take a step. And our steps crossing the river when we were in near thigh length deep water were very slow because you had to really get your footing secured, making sure your foot wasn't going to slip out from under you before we took the next step. And we couldn't see through that water because it was deep and it was moving quickly. And and so that's what my steps were like at this time. I was moving slowly, but I was still moving. And so I had to trust that God would tell me yes or no at some point, but in the meantime, I had to keep moving. And that was really hard to do, but I did. I thought, okay, well, I knew the major was right, so I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep taking classes. And so that's what I did. There is a quote from a great old saint that said, God can't guide us if we are not walking. And so we got to keep walking and eventually we'll hit a point where God either says, yes, you're on the right path or nope, you messed up there. Turn back (laughs) again. And it's tough. Life is tough. So we have those two principles. Keep communicating. Keep moving. The third one is keep looking. And when I say keep looking, I mean keep looking for the hand of God in your life. Keep looking for blessings. Because often when things go wrong or contrary to what we expect, it's easy to look for what we don't have versus what we do. And I will tell you right now that at that point in my life, it was real. It was really easy for me to say, I feel so lost. I feel so out of touch. I don't know what I'm doing. I had this plan, but now it's been dashed. What do I do now? And one of the important lessons I've learned through that and since then is that it's important to keep looking for how God is blessing you, even in those hard times when you feel heaven is closed. Maybe you get a text. Maybe you happen to watch the sunrise and it just watching that sun come up cheers you. Maybe it's the hug of a child. Maybe it's a friend calling at the right time to just cheer you up. But look for those blessings. Count them. Write them down. Journal about them because we need to remember the good things in the good times and in the hard times 
especially, probably even more importantly in the hard times. Back in January, I heard a great talk at church by a man named Robert Elliott, and he said this about times when you feel like God isn't answering prayers. He said, quit looking at the closed door and look at the open window pouring out blessings. Isn't that beautiful? Sometimes we have to take our focus off of what we were planning and hoping for and look for how God is blessing us instead. Maybe we have to pray for God to help us see those blessings because we're not seeing and we're still fixated on that door. So quit looking at the closed door and look at the open window pouring out blessings. So keep looking for blessings is tip number three. Tip number four, keep remembering. This one is important because when you feel like heaven is closed, it is important to pause and remember when God has helped you and blessed you in the past. Sometimes it's good to go back and read those journal entries. If you didn't write them down, that's fine. Just think about them again and remember how God helped you through a previous time. And surely he's not going to stop helping you now. When he's asked you to take some obscure path or detour that you never ever planned on taking. So keep remembering that if God got you through past trauma and trials, he isn't going to suddenly stop. He's got this and he's got you. You can trust him. Dieter Uchtdorf said, often the deep valleys of our present will be understood by looking back on them from the mountains of our future experience. Often we can't see the Lord's hand in our lives until long after trials have passed. Often the most difficult times of our lives are essential building blocks that form the foundation of our character and pave the way to future opportunity, understanding, and happiness. Isn't that beautiful? So just remind yourself that sometime 10 years from now or 20 or 30, you'll look back on that experience and go, oh, I get it now. (laughs) So to end the story, going to Mesa, Arizona at that point in my life was a leap of faith. It taught me to trust God and looking back on it now, I had experiences there and met people and learned things about myself that I could not have learned any other way. And I'm thankful for it. Some of the things I went through were absolutely blissful and wonderful. And some of the things I went through shattered my heart. But I learned to trust God in that as well. And these highs and lows actually ended up preparing me better to serve that mission that I was able to serve. After all, (laughs) even though it didn't turn out the way I thought, I was able to go. And, And so God had a hand on my life. And he guided me even when I felt like he wasn't listening, when he wasn't pointing me as quickly as I wanted him to, when I didn't have all the answers. And he kept helping me because of those four points that I shared with you. First, I kept communicating. Second, I kept moving. Third, I kept looking for blessings. 
how the Lord was helping me and forth. I kept remembering that God had helped me through hard things in the past, and he surely wasn't going to stop now. So those are the four tips I want you to think about today. Because I know that lives have been upturned and are crazy right now with coronavirus, with the uncertainty of the economy, and if you feel like heaven is closed, to keep talking to God, keep moving, baby steps like you're going through a river so slow till you get your footing and feel like that step's okay, and then start taking the next one till you feel like that step's okay. And God will stop you if you're going in the right, wrong direction. I promise you that. But keep moving forward with faith. Keep counting your blessings. And keep remembering how God has blessed you in the past. If you are feeling weary and worn out, because we often do, especially when we're under a lot of stress and completely overwhelmed, there's a great verse in Isaiah I'd love to point you to as we conclude. And it's in Isaiah chapter 40. And the first couple of verses talk about how God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, that he faints not and he isn't weary. So even though you may be feeling faint and weary, God does not ever feel that way. And so this makes this following verse seem even more important and more powerful. Verse 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So my friends, hang in there. Lean on God. Be God strong. All right, my friends, before we go, I have to let you have a funny laugh because we need that, right? <laughs> we had a night the other night just sitting around as a family where I don't know how this happened, but we were just sitting around and all of a sudden somebody started making noises with their mouth and somebody else joined in and we were trying to make the same noise they were making and it ended up sounding, I don't know, like a barnyard. I don't know. <laughs> But I had a chance to, as we were doing that, I said, wait, wait, let me record some of this. And so I hit record on my phone and I recorded some of the noises that we were making as a family. And I hope that they will make you laugh. <laughs> Just know that finding ways to relieve stress when things are crazy is fun. And sometimes you end up doing them in just the most bizarre ways. So find joy in whatever it is that brings you and your family joy, even if it's making crazy noises. Wasn't that hilarious, guys? Oh, my goodness. That last shrill was Nathan just skipping through our house, and he makes that noise all the time, and sometimes it's super loud. But we, we love him, and we're so thankful he's part of our family. Well, 
Tamara's peeling back the layers on her family. Just so you know, we are just as unique as your family. So guys, have a blessed day. Hope on and keep that communication going with God and he will guide you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. I know that there are many of you out there that are going through a hard time, and I hope you found things that have been useful today as you listen to the podcast. If you would like to access the show notes from today's podcast, visit my website. It is storiesofhopepodcast.com. That is where you'll find favorite quotes from today's episode and shareable memes. And those are fun because you can share them with your friends on social media. You will also find the links mentioned throughout today's episode, so you don't have to remember what those were. And also all the tips that were shared. Sometimes tips are shared so much throughout an episode, you forget what were those great things. So go to the show notes, storiesofhopepodcast.com to look up these fantastic resources. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a tip that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this episode with them. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help bear that burden. Above all else, Remember, God loves you.